Winston Churchill was once asked, doesn't it thrill you to know that every time you make a speech, the hall is packed to overflowing? It's quite flattering, replied Churchill. But whenever I feel that way, I always remember that if instead of making a political speech, I were being hanged, the crowd would be twice as big. Of course, Churchill was not much of a humble man, but at least he had a sense of humor about it. In the gospel, we heard that dis the disciples were arguing among themselves about who was the greatest among them. Imagine that, the followers of Jesus arguing among themselves. And these are the first future leaders of the church. And they were arguing about who is the greatest. But Jesus then teaches them that if they want to be first, they must be the servant and the least of all. Our Lord is putting an importance on humility. And he illustrates this by placing a child in their midst. In Jesus' time, children were low in society. They were virtual nobodies, and they were never honored. There was terrible abuse of children. There were children put into slavery. They had no power. They were some of the weakest and most powerless members of ancient society. And so Jesus places this child in their midst and says to them, whoever receives someone like this, who is powerless, who is humble, who is small, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. In other words, if we want God to dwell in us, we have to learn to be meek and humble. When God the Father sent his son to save the world, Jesus didn't come as a mighty ruler in a worldly sense. He didn't come with an army of angels to take a seat on a throne to rule over an earthly kingdom. From the moment of his birth, he lived a most humble life. And the manner in which Jesus destroyed Satan and sin and death was by subjecting himself to the rulers of his day and allowed himself to be hung from a cross one of the most humiliating deaths of his day. In this way, Jesus was the last of all and the servant of all. And if we as disciples of Jesus are to follow our master, we have to learn to be humble as he was humble. And by placing this child in the apostles' midst, Jesus was asking them to become like children. Children are helpless, and they depend on their parents for everything. God wants us to depend on him for everything as well. However, our pride gets in the way all too often. Don't we want to control everything in our lives? We want things done according to our will, not God's. However, when we think about it, there's really almost nothing we control in our lives. But God wants us to give everything over to him and rely on him for all that we need. Certainly, we have to do our part and have some self-reliance. But after doing our best, God wants us to leave everything in his hands that takes humility and trust. Really, pride is the cause of most of our strife. It is what causes us to argue to criticize, to become angry with others, 
to be cynical, and so on. And pride is what's called a deadly sin or a capital sin. That's because it gives rise to other sins that can be deadly to our souls. And it's insidious because it can be hidden from view. We might not even realize that we're being prideful. Pride is undue self-love that seeks attention and honor and sets oneself in competition with God. It's a fixation on my achievements, my gifts, my talents. Grace and God's providential care are at best viewed as secondary causes. And pride also allows us to downplay our personal defects and minimize our faults. As a result, we tend not to recognize or repent of our sins because pride makes us believe that we don't have any. When pride reaches the point of an unwillingness to acknowledge our dependence on God and causes us to refuse to submit to him and his church, it can even lead to hatred of God. And so humility is a remedy for pride. Embracing humility, of course, is easier said than done. But humility helps us to realize that everything in life is ultimately a gift from God. It's important to realize that humility is not low self-esteem, but it's a realization that we are weak creatures that need our God. It's not in our nature to be humble, and so we need help with this. And one beautiful but very difficult prayer is called the Litany of Humility. I often recommend this prayer in the confessional, not as a penance, but as something to add to one's daily prayer life. Part of it reads, from the desire of being loved, deliver me, O Jesus, that others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Of course, if we don't try to embrace humility in our lives, life has the ability to humble us, or better said, to humiliate us. So if we don't want life to humiliate us, we should commit to embracing humility with the help of God's grace through our desire for it. I think we would much prefer God allowing these opportunities for humility rather than life imposing it on us. The Lord will help us through this if only we become like little children and rely on him for help. That litany of humility concludes that others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it.